0: This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And thank you for joining us for this weekly podcast. Our topic this week is entitled, Speaking in Tongues, Dealing with Student Information Systems that Don't Talk to Each Other. And I know I'm sure you're wondering what that means, speaking in tongues. And we are very lucky today to have Don Anderson with us, who is the interim director of the Kansas State University Institute for Academic Alliances. Don, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Many of you may know Dawn, but Dawn specializes in project management, consortium management, and academic market research at Kansas State University where she has been for 24 years. Does it seem like a long time? It does. It does, (laughs) okay. But specifically for the last eight years Dawn's focus has been on multi- university distance education programs and I'm gonna ask Dawn to talk a little bit about not only the topic for which she is here to uh, share some of her experience and expertise, but I'm gonna first start out by asking, it is an odd title, and I'm sure people would be interested in getting your perspective of what were you actually thinking about? Well, for
2: collaborative multi-university distance education programs, you have to have some way of managing the student enrollment between the universities and when i say you're speaking in tongues it's because really in the united states we don't have a common language in student information systems in university registration systems and as we have learned through the latest usdla conference had quite a focus on international as well those systems are even less likely to be able to talk to each other Mm -hmm. so That's why I entitled my presentation, Speaking in Tongues, Dealing with Student Information Systems that Don't
1: Talk to Each Other. I like the title. I think it's very (laughs) catchy. Before we start any further into the topic, I did want to better understand, we talked for a few minutes before the podcast, you're Interim Director of the Institute for Academic Alliances, and I was wondering if you could explain a little more about what, what actually are your responsibilities?
2: Well... We began in 2000, Kansas State University received uh, over a million dollar grant from fipsi Lab, the U.S. Department of Education, to create a model for post-baccalaureate multi-university distance education programs. What came out of that was a consortium called the Great Plains IDEA, at which now it has 11 member universities. They're all state universities in the Midwest, such as Kansas State University, University of Nebraska, Iowa State University, as far south as Texas Tech, as far north as North Dakota State University, on the east side, Michigan State University, and to the west, Montana State University. And what we did in that grant is we over four years developed an infrastructure to support multi-university graduate programs. The first one being a family financial planning program. We developed the legal agreements, the policies and procedures, a finance system, and a registration system to allow this all to happen. registration system that I'm going to be talking about today really began with the Great Plains Idea Consortium. We've worked since that time with uh, over 20, 30 programs among all, all across the country including Puerto Rico in trying to help them develop multi-university academic programs. Our our latest effort is another U.S. Department of Education FIPSI, grant to establish a Big 12 engineering consortium that is involves the universities that are in the Big 12 Athletic Conference and their colleges of engineering and in this case we're developing the first program will be nuclear engineering. So The Kansas State University Institute for Academic Alliances has become experts in multi-university programming and now not only do we help people develop these and do the consulting type of work, but we also manage, for instance, the Great Plains idea, which now has, we're the managing partner at Kansas State University, which now has seven multi-university degrees. So that's kind of what we do, the background, uh, the context for why we had to create a system that would allow us to enroll students in courses from multiple universities which is what
1: I'm here to talk about today. Coming from a university setting, I can't imagine how you handle course enrollment in a multi-university academic program like that. Very interested in finding out how you do it. Sure. Well,
2: we started with the principle that we wanted to make this really easy for the students. We wanted it to be as simple for them to enroll in courses from multiple universities as it would be if they were on campus walking between buildings to other classes. So with that kind of principle in mind to to try to make this as easy as possible for students, we made the decision to have students enroll at a home university, so one consortia member university. So let's say uh, Kansas State University. The student is admitted to that one university according to that university's admission standards. They enroll in all of their courses through Kansas State University, or it could be Iowa State University, whatever the, the partner university involved. They pay for those courses through that university, and they graduate from that university. So for them to participate in a multi-university program is as simple as just participating in in a program through one university, but they're actually taking their courses from several universities. So you have, particularly in niche areas, you may only have one or two faculty members at a university that specializes in that, and it allows a student to take courses from the experts in the field from multiple universities. So that's simply stated, That's kind of how course enrollment works. Now, a lot of things happen to happen, have to happen behind the scenes to make it be that simple for the student. I can imagine. So what we did is the Great Plains idea, well, it actually started out exchanging spreadsheets and faxing spreadsheets (laughs) among institutions and not very secure. This was back in 2000, and of course there are FERPA issues and security issues about student information. So we had all the registrars at the universities get together and help us develop a system. We got a congressional grant, an earmark, which we used part of that to have Kansas State University computer programmers develop a web-based university system. So if your university, U.S. university or, or college, is partnering with a university in France or England or wherever, you would be able to, to get on this secure web-based system and see who had enrolled in your course from each other's university, give the instructor of the course the course roster, when the course is finished, put the grades into this system, and so it's a, it's a method mm-hmm. for sharing all of the, the student information, as well as some of the course information and faculty information that you need to exchange very quickly at the beginning of a semester.
1: And what's the name of
2: the program? It's- well, we call it Expansus, it's E-X-P-A-N and then capital S, capital I, capital S, and S-I-S is a common, very common term among registrars in higher education. It stands for Student Information System. And so we kind of put expand on the front mm-hmm. or expansion because basically what you're doing is you're ex- expanding your student information system to include multiple universities. Okay. So that's how we came up with the title.
1: Oh, okay. I can imagine that there were a lot of challenges creating and using expanse among number of universities what were some of those challenges you you had mentioned a little bit about FERPA but uh, what were some of the other challenges or uh, expand even a little bit more on FERPA, FERPA issues well the FERPA
2: issues are again providing other universities with personal information about the student is necessary in order to get them enrolled in courses from other universities so the way that we deal with that is when the student is admitted to a multi-university program we ask them to sign up front a student acknowledgement form that they do understand that because of the nature of this program that it is a multi-university program that they will there will be a need to share this type of information and the registrars have assured us that that satisfies FERPA requirements Another thing that we had to be cautious about was, of course, the whole security issue. And so, in addition to having the students sign an acknowledgment form, people that are given access to the database, to the system, have to agree to an acceptable use policy. Common sense types of things don't print things out and file them where they could be accessible to other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it's under lock and key, it would be okay. And don't give out your password to people, that type of thing. So security issues are one of the important things to to deal with. Some of the other things that are a challenge in a multi-university process are different course beginning and ending dates, which we've handled in various ways. In expanses, we always put in what the beginning date is and the ending date. And mostly it's getting the students enrolled and giving them access to the student information system if they're used to starting classes starting a couple weeks later. So it's really important. Communication with the students is important. Another thing that is a challenge has been the timing of when you have to have that information in the system. It has to be a little bit earlier than what students would regularly have to be enrolled in a course. You might be In most cases, you might be able to enroll at the last minute where, in this case, you really, we really need that information a couple weeks before class starts at mm-hmm. the very latest so that that information can, can be shared and pulled out of the mm-hmm. systems. And, of course, another issue is different grading systems at the end of the semester uh, we still are on a semester system the teaching institution puts the grades into the expansive system according to whatever their institution, institutional grading system is so if it's a straight letter grade or if it's plus minus system or if some there are some that have a n- numerical type of grading system the teaching institution puts the instructor puts the the grade in according to their system and then when the home institution where the student has been admitted takes the information out of expanses, they translate that grade into their own system. So there are various things that happen with multi-university programs or multi-institution programs, but over the years we pretty much figured out ways
1: to resolve
2: most of those problems. Well, that's
1: impressive. (laughs) That's very (laughs) impressive. Well, I know a question that many people would have, especially the CFOs, would be how are the finances actually handled and who pays for the use of expanses? Expanses really does help
2: with that. With the Great Plains Idea model, we really encourage institutions to have a common price. Otherwise, they're likely to enroll at the university that's the cheapest. So, with the common price, the chief financial officers get on the telephone once a year, are given some data to help them see what the, at each of the participating institutions, what their tuition and fees currently are, as well as competitive online programs in similar areas. And they decide they recommend a common price for the following year to a board of directors of the consortium. That common price which the student pays to their home institution, 75% of it goes to the teaching university, 12.5% to the home university, and 12.5% for central management of the alliance. The expanses, the system that we developed actually calculates for each course each semester what then the teaching university will invoice the other institutions for their instructional fee. That's 75%. And the central managing partner uses the information and expands this and which calculates the invoices for the central management portion as well. So, EXPANSES helps manage the finances as well as manage the course enrollment process to really provide a database backbone structure to make a multi-university consortium feasible.
1: I'm sure the burning question for many people who are listening is the question, is EXPANSES available for use by other academic institutions and collaborations
2: yes it is and since the development of it was supported by federal dollars it is a relatively inexpensive product and if you go to ksu.edu iaa which of course is the can- stands for the kansas state university institute for academic alliances we have information about how you could receive a demo on this or further information about it. Could you repeat that website? Okay, the URL is www.ksu.edu slash or backslash, I should say,
1: IAA. Okay, great. And I'm sure there are people who might want to contact you also, Dawn. Do you have contact information that they can get to you directly? I do. Again, my
2: name is Dawn Anderson, and my email address is dpeters, d-p-e-t-e-r-s, at ksu.edu. My telephone number is 785-532-1552 and we would be happy to schedule a demo of this product, this database. If, if you want to try to create one of your own, you're welcome to look at how we did it and, and how we manage
1: this. Well, it sounds like you have done an incredible amount of work, and what a great collaborative project. Dawn, thank you very much for joining us today, and I'm sure you'll be hearing from people, and i I look forward to talking with you further once we get off the air. And I want to thank you for joining this weekly podcast. This is Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to reach me or USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thanks a lot and have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.